Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. From the Liquor Barn Studios, it's time for the V Show, right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Bobby V. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Nice to be back in the host's chair. Yeah, what'd you do yesterday? What'd you do on the, I guess you sat in, uh, how'd the show go? What'd you do? It wasn't a disaster. Well, I didn't play it was. I'm just yeah, curious. No, I, was, I mean, did I was you? Happy. First of all, you had to talk to the segment of the fans who. Big, big sigh of relief after that first half that were like, well, thank God they sucked again in the second half because then <laughs> I would have had to listen to maybe we're not going to move when we're going to have a th- year three. So uh, I talked with uh, with um, Liebs, the first portion, portion of the show. That was good. Broke down the game. I was happy I got to you. I, I got uh, me, me. I got to work in a UCLA cut. I'm starting to learn the X's and O's a little bit. I was proud of myself. Oh, good. So, um, yeah, but we uh, we had a nice little chat about basketball, and then that turned into um, some nonsense, as it always does. We talked to uh, you know some some movies and whatnot. Well, some to pop that culture. point, uh oh, stop the presses. Bit leaves. What do you got? I don't know if you're listening, but I will bring this up. You know, we get in it at five in the morning the night before. Yeah, you got you got you had some travel. So my sleep was all wanky, and so uh, I went to went to wonky. Yeah, say wonky, wanky, and oh, there you go. Put on the mixtape. Anyway, say wanky. Andy flies back in from Indianapolis. I just want to be here and hear wanky on the mixtape. Okay, thank you. I gotta go. I mean, you know, so um, uh, it's. uh, I'm jealous of Andy, by the way. He had Adam Silver on the air this morning. Because the NBA All Star Game is in Indy this weekend. Well, okay, so no, yeah, I know, but I'm what not. What do you expect? He's going to come on in other markets? No, probably. but he's nowhere in Indy this weekend. I thought I'd drop by the the wonderful affiliate here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. How are you? Guys? No, I'm just saying. Like, I, I wish Adam Silver would play with us. He answers you on on Facebook. Yes, he does. If he had a reason, how to, funny would... would that be, though? Adam Silver was like, "I'm doing an interview in Bama. <laughs> I got to be up in Indiana in 12 hours, but I'm but doing it here." To, and, and, like I said, he does it in studio. Hi. And I just wanted to ask you, what do you think the SEC is going to be like next year? Excuse me? Yeah, we just wanted to – what you're here to talk about what? Where is Nick Saban listed on the all-time great you've U.S. presidents great, list? No, they, they're, they're smart enough to couch it. So it would be like, you've had some very successful coaches in the NBA. We have, uh, Tom, Tommy. Yes, you've had you know Phil Jackson and Red Auerbach, but – where does Nick Saban rank among the best college football coaches? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, exactly. he's great. Okay, you know you got a guy who really runs your show out there, and and that's that's Stephen Curry. He's really good. I mean, he can shoot it. He can he can, he can <laughs> Stephen Curry. He can pass it. He handles the ball. He's really a quarterback for you out there. Rank the best five quarterbacks you think in the SEC. <laughs> Guys who can run it and throw it. Well, I really haven't followed that. What the hell are you doing here then? 
Adam? Adam, Adam Bronze? It's silver, sir. No, you're bronze in our eyes. <laughs> Sue from... What's the... The woman who calls some... Yeah. All Nick Saban's I mean, a better Friday. man than you. Like, oh, okay. Okay, thank you. Anyway, um, this show, so good. Tonga, you, you, I think you'd even enjoy this. This is so. I'm up all night because we went to bed at eight, and I got up at two. Do the math. That's six hours of sleep. I don't usually get more than that anyway. If I'm sleeping at a relatively normal time, so at two, my body's all confused. It's ready to go. So the uh, TV's on. So I, I find I go to BritBox to go find some new shows. My wife, God bless her, doesn't really have much of an affinity for for technology. So rather than actually learn how to get to the various outlets for the shows, she gets the one that the TV recommends all the time when you put it on. It's a smart TV. Right. So she's watched the same, I don't know, four or five shows for about the last six years. She just watches them over and over, and, and I just can't take it anymore. I'm, like, going to blow my brains out. So um, so I just wanted to learn, go to BritBox, go to Hulu. She did. I, she said, I did last night. I went to uh, uh, Freebie, Free, whatever, Freebie, I guess. So it was good. Yes, we're making some headway. Forget about using the the VC thing, the the mm. box, which I love. But she, you know, she's not even remotely interested in that, um, which is okay. I get it. We, you know, she's a product of our generation. We were raised on you coming, you turn television on, you just watch it. That's it. Nope. So this is the closest thing to that far. Anyway, so I go to BritBox because she's still asleep. God bless her. She's even more tired than I am. And I find this the, the BritBox people recommend to me based on your viewing habits. You would like a show called. Blue Lights in Britain, or in, in, I guess in Europe. I don't know if it's not based. The show's not based in Britain. It's based in Ireland. It is. That's what the police cars have. They have blue lights. So it's called Blue Lights. It's a police drama, and they only like a lot of these made for the you know cable stations. They don't like. I'm like laugh when I think about the old days and the, that a TV season would be 39 episodes. Right. This this first season was six episodes. Okay. But. It was like watching one extremely long movie, and it okay, was okay, okay. so good. I'm telling you, it's so good. You'll thank me. You won't be able. It's like a book you can't put down. Couldn't turn it off. I didn't intend to. I wasn't even intending to stay up. I was going to try. I watch a little bit, and then I'll get groggy. I'll go back to sleep. And I was like, "Wow, this thing is awesome." The premise is it's based in Northern Ireland, and again, I love shows like that. They use Irish terms frequently. You know, when a kid's a he's a wee lad. You know that guy, which is Scottish, but I guess they use it there also. Anyway, that's not the point of it. The point is, it's a police unit. The 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 this, the everyday uh, you know out on the street patrol with cops and um, their everyday workings and I don't know who they used as a consultant but my guess is this is pretty they were very determined to do one that wasn't a like Mikhail's Navy of life in the Navy where nobody in their right mind would think that's really what Navy life was like this is like really what I guess police like is like life is like and the premise of it is that in Belfast. They've not really been affected by this very concentrated drug kingdom, uh, drug syndicate that has been down in the south. And they're starting now to see the drugs in their city. And so evidently there's been – I'm not giving away any spoiler here. This is uh, is like the premise of the show. The the – you find it at the beginning. You don't know this, but it doesn't take you long to find out. This, so this will be a tiny, maybe tiny spoiler. The feds, the big group there, are have been laying a trap for them for like years, I guess. And they're there. And the problem is, in order to do that, they have to allow 
a good number of the drugs into Belfast because they got to right. let them get established there, and then they're going to they're going to clamp down on them. But meanwhile, they don't, the local police don't know that they can't know that, or the whole thing will go away. So they are frustrated because they keep using the term "out of bounds." That that's out of bounds. That that building's out of bounds. That you can't go there. That's not in your district. That's out of bounds. And they don't know why they're they're having you know all of these awful things happen in their city, and they're getting frustrated and. Um, there's a whole bunch of different personalities that are – there's a couple of new recruits that they follow that are very bit instrumental in the story. And it's just really, really good. It's not not without some chuckles. There are some funny lines in there. But by and large, it's a drama. And it is so good. Blue Lights. I think you can watch it for free. It's a, if you, I, I don't know. The, the, the BritBox app, you have to pay for I think. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think there are some shows you got to pay for, and some that are. I didn't pay for this one though. I know it that. sounds like it's the British Wire. Like and I know well, you, you keep saying that. I know you haven't seen the Wire, but well, the I, wire I, has I, to I do never it. saw the Wire, and so I don't care about the Wire. I care about this show. So take your wire and shove it up your. Hey, whoa, whoa! I'm just saying. The I wire. love my windows. <laughs> I'm just saying the wire is like listed as like an all time great, great show. show so too, I'm right? saying yeah. that if this is the British version of it, well, I don't know. So you know, just don't dismiss it for that though. Random, it's, it's random question. So good. Random so question. Good. It's called blue lights, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, as always, the women are not striking. drop that gorgeous. It's not like um, no Britain. It's not like suits. Hot take. Hot take. This is a hot take. I think in Europe, Britain has the best looking women. Okay. Well, I, I I would having, dude, lived, having lived in I, dude having lived I know, in Sweden for you. I know it's Spain. A, I know it's Spain, Italy, Brazil, Sweden. All of them. Sweden. All of them. I'd have dated half the guys in Sweden. <laughs> have you? I mean, seen, they are good looking. People. Have you seen the Page Six models? Like, in, have you seen their teeth? Wow, there you go. He's right about that. Sorry, yeah, my mom's yeah, a hygienist. Fair. I yeah, I take a lose their no, very, I'm a teeth. I'm a teeth snob too. But I'm just saying when it comes to Well, I thought you were going to go the other way. Because you know what I noticed? The assets, the Brits. Okay. The Brits got. You know what I noticed, though, about British shows in general? And and I'm tipping my hat to them. Oh, he's woke. Oh, let's go to the station. Valvano's really showing his wokeness. Let's go de wake him. Well, yeah, I don't know what (laughs) you're doing. Put his ass back to sleep. We'll put his ass. We'll give him the sleeper hole. Who's the wrestler that had the sleeper hole? That must be their hero. Oh, there's so many. They have more than one sleeper. No, there's a lot of sleeper. No, they must be all. They're all. In, they have posters. All the the, the right wing people have the sleeper. Typically, on it's wall. a heel thing. Yeah, for a sleeper hold because it's okay. instant credibility for, for the, the face point. to fight off okay. the sleeper yeah. hold and then rally back and then, Yeah. Okay. So here's what I'm thinking. They do an unbelievable job of not just kowtowing to good looking women though. Like they frequently have very ordinary plain they're not fattists they have overweight actresses they have older actresses and i admire them for because they're good actresses they're good and and good actors they don't they don't just put pretty people on the screen i mean don't get me wrong i loved watching suits because my god they just it was like here's the all-star game of beautiful women in every role here's a woman who's only gonna be on three episodes she's dropped dead gorgeous then we get rid of her on that show everyone the main cast members donna's beautiful i mean uh, they're they're all gorgeous The, the the prince's prince's wife uh megan uh pickle megan markle yeah no, i just want to call her megan pickle, megan pickle. yeah it's good it's a cartoon character um it's beautiful but anyway they know so and even the game shows there's a game show which you know i've celebrated on the air before it's been it's off the air for a while now but they're, they're a bunch of them archived for free on roku it's called impossible which is yeah. great it's oh maybe the best premise of a game show i've ever seen it's so good and they routinely have people in wheelchairs they have deaf. They have uh, deaf people on. 
who cool. they they the guy while he's reading the question is signing it next to them. And then the person can answer, and then they sign the answer back, and the person interprets it. It's great, too, if the person doesn't want the guy to win. He gives all the wrong answers. Like the guy signs, you know, I don't know, Margaret Thatcher, and he says, uh, uh, he's Tony Blair. No, that's wrong. And you see the guy getting all pissed off. You know, it's like, don't get so mad about getting it wrong. And he's frantically signing, I didn't get it wrong, you know. And the guy in the front's just smirking. That's, that's a good movie. I said Carl Lewis. You signed Trotsky. That wasn't even close. <laughs> So, anyway, good show. Check that out. Blue lights. And then send me a thank you note. I feel that confident. There's very few There's never very few shows about that. Like, like uh, uh, you know, I love the rebooted Frasier, but I wouldn't suggest everybody's going to love it because not everybody loves that kind of humor to begin with. And this is, you know, even, even if you love the first one, you may not love this. It's grown on me. I think it's good. But that's how I feel about it. But this, I feel, I don't know who wouldn't like it. I really don't know. It's um, so good. It so, sounds good. No, it's really good. Blue lights. Uh, Quick question okay. in the group chat with the hockey boys right now. Okay. Who's the best Rangers goalie of all time? Richter, Hank, Eddie Jockman. You can throw in Gump Worsley if you want to. No, more. Gump wasn't with them long enough. Gump played with everybody for everybody at one time. Uh, but he was great. Tito can weigh in, too. Um, the best Rangers goalie of all time, I would have to say might probably be Ed Jockerman because they weren't very good and he was one of the reasons they stayed in games sometimes. I mean, they were... Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, and but the, the problem is it's the same principle as NFL quarterbacks. Uh, do you not reward them because they didn't win very much? I think they got to one Stanley Cup final in all his time there. Uh, but then again, none of the other, who won? Who won the? Who won the uh, Stanley Cup? Was it Richter? Who was the goalie from the Richter. Stanley Cup team? Rick Richter. Team? He won the Stanley Cup and he also won the, the World Cup. Like of hockey, so you know they're, they're like two different equations, and I want to get off this quickly because the the three people that give a crap about hockey, <laughs> oh, that was dangerous. Well, because I mean, let's not kid ourselves. There's maybe three, and and two, two of those don't care about the Rangers. So we're down to one guy listening right now. So dear sir, uh, yeah, he, I mean, yeah. he's past, he's firing off texts, but um, I think this is this makes it a broader, more broaderly to make my own word up appealing topic. You're talking about two different things. When you're talking about the best of somebody or the most accomplished, they're two different things. Okay, I'm listening. Well, because the best would be like if you just put them in a vacuum and they had a skills test and they, you know, they could make the most saves if you took a thousand hypothetical shots at these goalies and one of them could save 992 and the other could save 899 and the other one would save 877, you would say the 900. 22% guy would be the quote-unquote best goalie because that's his job to save pucks. But if you talk about most accomplished, like look at Richter, won a Stanley Cup. Won, and not just being along for the ride. You've got to be a guy that contributed. You're a contributor. I think that makes you most accomplished. Uh, but there's other things. So I'd have to look at their resumes, like how many all-star goalies uh, were, you know, uh, did any of them win the, the um, Vezina Trophy? That's the lowest goals against average for your non-literate hockey folks. Right. So I would look at all those things. So, so I don't know what I would say. I was gonna say, yeah, like what? But I also feel like uh, Jacquemin. I can't help it. I'm swayed by circumstances. He played. So accomplished. He played in an era. Think about this, where the where the players were allowed to curve their stick ridiculously. Bobby oh, Hull yeah. had a, a hook on his stick. Yeah, well, it made it. And Bobby Hull is shooting pucks at him at around 96, 97 miles an hour. And the puck is dropping and moving like a knuckleball. It's like having a 97 mile an hour knuckleball thrown at you. And you're standing there with no mask and with pads that might as well have been like rolls of Scott <laughs> B. 
paper towel strapped to each of your legs. And that dude had to stand in there and try and save those. That's... That deserves a pat on the that the, the head for me because uh, and I I've heard him interviewed. He doesn't sound like he's insane. I mean there are, you know there are some goalies that are definitely insane. There was a guy named Terry Sawchuck. This poor man. Oh, one of the, uh, he's was one of the great goalies in the history of the league. He's on the but was an absolute goalies. nervous breakdown waiting to happen on any given day, and they just accepted it because he was so brilliant. There's a story they tell. They're eating their pregame meal collectively in a restaurant, and they're all most of them are eating uh, spaghetti. They're eating pasta. And apropos of nothing, apropos of absolutely nothing, nobody's talking to him. Nobody's, there's no debate going on. It's like a lot of pregame meals. It's, you know, a little subdued. He stands up, takes his whole bowl of pasta, and fires it across the restaurant at the wall on the other side, and then walks out. <laughs> there's part of me that can get behind a guy like that. <laughs> <laughs> there is something about he was, he was fired up. He was ready to go. Well, I think playing with guys shooting the puck at you at 100 miles an hour that are dropping like knuckleballs and you have no protection, I think that had something to do with it. So that and the fact that, as Gump Worsley once told me, way too long and this will move off, that think about it. He said we, we, there were six teams total, six, and all of them carried only one goalie. So there was something. There was six jobs in all of professional yeah, hockey. That's wild. And so he said, "You don't think that was pressure?" He said, "If you had a bad game with with you know three three goals allowed, God forbid, you might be the next night out there looking for." He tells the story about how they he got he got hurt either him or the other goal he got hurt. And they had to delay the game for about twenty five minutes because the other team had to put in their equipment manager. That the other that was their backup goalie, the guy. I mean, that would be kind of like uh, I don't know. I don't know who is the equipment manager, but uh, for Louisville now, I'm not sure. But he has to come in at the two guard. Yeah, just hey, sorry, son, you got to get out there. So anyway, all right. Speaking of the two guard, this is the thing about Louisville basketball. All snarkiness aside, they played in the first half really well, and they looked pretty good, largely because. Their offense has gotten to be certainly at the very least serviceable. I mean, even when they're not quote unquote good on offense, it's good enough to win like they were against Georgia Tech the game before. They are definitely getting more acclimated to their roles. Peyton Siva sent a tweet out, he thinks, because I say they seem to have gotten better the less players they're playing, the fewer players they're playing. And he said maybe that's because they are more comfortable with their role. And I've suggested yes. And not only that, they're not looking over their shoulder. It's just, just human nature, especially when you're trying to make an aim for yourself and you're worried about coming out. You kind of know they got nobody else, so I'm playing. And so I think that's part, you know part of it. Uh, they also are getting to know to play with with each other. Put that in the next day, playing with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said playing with each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see. I was just going to let it go. No, but I know that how the you know the eight year olds that run the the filters for the mixtape, how they think. Although it's gotten better, it's gotten a little more sophisticated. <laughs> it's a higher class it's of about smut. Ten years now, <laughs> ten year olds. Anyway, I digress. But uh, you know they they don't know how to play uh, off of each other. How about that? And uh, and so they're they're doing a better job there. But their defense is atrocious. And 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 to make it worse, and I, I got to tell Earl Grant, the coach at Boston College. I don't mean I like I've got to get, you know, get off the show and give a phone call. I just mean I, I'd like to tell them if I run into them how much I like what they do offensively. They are they they have um, they are very very um, pattern oriented, but not at the expense of playing deliberately slow. Like they don't artificially slow the game down. They're not doing that, but they are they they use the the, the things that they've got. Um, the, the assets that they've got, if you want to call it that, beautifully. 
and and they did in in this game as well. They have, uh, I mean, the big kid is is terrific. He's he's really really good. He's um, he's such a versatile player, and um, um, he can pass. They run him to the high post. They they run him to the low post. Uh, it's appropriate that his name is Post. Mm-hmm. You know, he just he he likes to take you to the right block and then fake to the middle and then come back over his left shoulder and shoot the jump hook over the off the backboard. And it's very hard to defend because he's so tall and he you know it's almost like Kareem's sky hook without. But people say, whoa, whoa, you know, slow, cool your jets there. No, I'm not saying it's that kind of a weapon, but it's very good and he uses it well. And they pass the ball well and they move without the ball and they play well without the ball. The problem is. Louisville did nothing to disrupt that. They do nothing to take them out of it. Watch them. They let them pass the ball anywhere they want, anytime they want, to whomever they want. And if you're a good coach and Earl's got a good offensive system, you know, make an example. We're running our team here, and, and, and Tonga's a good f- shooter from the elbow, and we're running plays to get him the ball at the elbow. You can't just let him catch it there and not expect him to hurt you. And that's what they do. They just let them catch the ball anywhere they want. And 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 it, they don't they don't ever disrupt their offense. And when you get a team that is committed to their offense and has the skill set to play at the positions their system is set up for them to play, you're going to have a hard time. You're just basically hoping they miss. That's what it comes down to. You're just hoping they miss. And they had a stretch in the first half. Boston College did when they missed a few shots, and uh, and then that's when Louisville made their run. In the second half, they hardly missed any shots. They shot 57% for the game and were way over 50% in the second half. And that's, again, because now all of a sudden they're not missing shots. They're getting whatever they want to. That is killing Louisville. They give so much room. It's unbelievable. They're, they're six, seven feet away from the man they're guarding all the time. That guy catches it. You watch him. He's just perusing the entire half court. Well, it's like, like I said, so I call it playing darts. He's like, well, do I throw it there or do I throw it there or do I throw it here? Or, and if I wait a second, I know that guy's going to be coming here off a screen. He's going to be open because nobody disrupts that cut. And I understand that the bas- basketball's got the rules in now to allow freedom of movement. Okay, but you still can make it harder for guys. You can jam up cutters. You don't have to, you don't have to, uh, you know, arm bar them or forearm shiver them, but you can disrupt them. They'll do anything to disrupt anybody. It's so frustrating. They're just coming down and running exactly what they want and getting anything they want anytime they want. And boy, oh boy, does that make your margin for error small. You're hoping that the team that's getting the exact shots they want is going to miss enough so that you can beat them. And don't, I'll be hard pressed. You know, I'm not being disrespectful to the coaches. If they sat here, I would say, look, I, you know, I'm no, I'm not in your staff meetings and everything. So maybe there's more going on than I see, but that's what it looks like. You're giving them way too much room. You want a simple yardstick, by the way, if you're watching the game, I do this frequently myself. And I would do it when I was coaching my team. The team on defense, if they can't get the offensive players, to have to turn away from the goal, at least periodically, if not frequently. They're not playing defense as well as they can. Because at this level, these guys were all outstanding players in high school. And if you let all of them, or AAU or whatever the hell they played, if you're letting them all face the goal and and face the offensive court, they're going to hurt you. I don't care whether it's Boston College or Duke or or uh, uh, Grambling or or Fairly Dickinson or who anybody I don't care pick one, they're all going to hurt you and they don't ever get you to turn your back. 
They don't ever turn you around. And it's just very, very you know, difficult to watch when teams are just coming down and the ball goes, it needs a sound effect. Bing, 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 shot. Bing, 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 Yeah, it's like, it's just, it's very disappointing because their offense is good enough to be winning games now. It absolutely is. Last year, they weren't good at anything. No. This year, their offense is good enough to win games and they're rebounding pretty effectively. They rebounded in this game. Uh, pretty well as well. They won the rebounding battle 35-28. But they just don't they guard. They are rebounding pretty well. Yeah. They don't guard. Hey. Oh, that's the I don't guard alarm. And here's the thing I'm going to say. And this is when... Go Bob, ahead. don't guard. Don't guard. Go ahead. Uh, uh, um, I need another name for him. Travis. No. T. T. That's the ones that started. Tom. Tim. Tony. 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 Now we make him Italian. Well, he is part Italian. Yeah. Tony. So listen, Tony, here's the deal. I'm going to lecture a little bit again and then get yelled at. The people who want to write it off as a lack of effort, you're displaying a frightening lack of basketball knowledge. I don't know what else to tell you for two reasons. One, I assume, and I've said this so before, I said, wait, wait a minute, you're the one who's always on the air saying that the biggest part of the game that is affected by effort is rebounding and defense. And that's true. You don't have to be super gifted to be good at those things. That's true. Effort is a big part of it. But that's not exactly the whole story. The other story is you've got to have a commitment as a team, as a unit, to certain defensive principles. So I'm out there working hard, but I'm working hard trying to get the ball handler to turn his back, to push the ball out of the middle, into corners. Those things have got to be tenets of your defense. And they don't do that, but it's not for lack of effort. They're trying. So the first part is that it's not about the lack of effort. It's about a lack of execution. The other thing is you're not sitting courtside like we are. They're trying their asses off, which is to Kenny's eternal credit and this kid's eternal credit. They haven't quit on him and they haven't quit on each other. You may not want to hear that. You may well, that's a bunch of garbage. You can't play defense like that and be trying. Yes, you can if there's two things at work here. You're not a good defensive player to begin with individually, and your team defense is not cohesive, and that's what they've got going. I'll give you an example. You know how high I am, how high I am. Put that in the mix up. Cut it off right there. You know how high I am. <laughs> how that's high it. are you? Well, it's... Um you ever, you ever smoke on an iPhone? Many parts are smokable. That's an old Cheech and Chong bit. Anyway, um, the, um, the, the the effort of Curtis Williams defensively. I love that kid. As I said, you know how high I've been on him. At the end of the game, what the hell's the kid he was guarding? Was it Zachary? Yes, Zachary. He was guarding Zachary. Zachary Taylor Middle School on Westport Road. That's what he was guarding the entire school. He just posted them all out. So he's guarding Zachary. I'm convinced they went through this scouting report and there were guys they were attacking. And unfortunately, I'm surprised that he was one of them because I think he's, I thought he was a pretty good defensive player, but he's not. He's trying very hard. He gets in stance. He's down. He's trying to move his feet. He's not an accomplished defensive player yet. A lot of these guys were not, you got to remember, a lot of these guys were not asked to play defense from where they came. They were the stars of the team. The AAU coach just had one concern for these guys. Don't get in foul trouble. Well, you can't lose you because you scored 25, 30 a game. We don't want that. So they're not skilled yet at being defenders. He tried very hard, and Zachary just kept going right around him. But it's not for lack of effort. He is trying. 
But then they get in situations. There was an example. I, this is where, where uh, Leaves loves this kind of stuff, and I don't have the technological woohoo to, to, uh, to do it uh, yet. There's a possession. Since the second half, we're sitting behind, right opposite, not behind, I guess. No, I was behind. It's behind the uh, Louisville bench. It's the second half. So that means they're playing offense right in front of us. They had a possession late in the game. Big. The game's still quasi on the line. They're down, but they're still in there punching. And they made a pass to Huntley Hatfield on the right block, and they came and doubled him. They'd done that a lot, but this possession was particularly impressive because he saw it coming, threw it out of the double team, and they made three rotations that were perfect. Perfect. They knew what they were doing. They knew where the double was coming from. They knew who was going to rotate to cover. They knew who was going to make the second rotation. And Louisville got nothing out of it. Even though they got the ball exactly where they wanted and they made the merry-go-round start, they were quick enough in their rotation to keep Louisville. And I thought that is the contrast. Louisville can't do that. They just haven't been able to do that very often. They've done it on rare occasions, and we've celebrated that on the radio when we've seen it. They, uh, but they don't do it all the time, and it kills them. It just kills them, especially especially against Boston College. They're not a let's clear out and play one on one team. They're knocking the ball around. They've got moving guys without the ball, and then they bring post to the high post. They bring him to the low post. They bring him to the top of the key, and he makes twenty four foot three three point shots, which is quite a skill for a guy his size. I mean, yeah, he was he, he was shoot. he was really really good. He, he only took three three point shots and made them all. And none of them were close. I mean, none of them were like right on the line. He was behind the line, pretty good. So you got to tip the hat. You know, sometimes the other guy's moving. You're in it, and they, and and they played well. But um, Louisville just doesn't help themselves with the way they defend. They make their margin of error so small, and then it hurts that there are some guys that I, I've been harsh on Trey White, and I'm not going to completely back down. But I will give some kudos first. Uh, it's it's that's what I mean. Even him, it's not a lack of quote unquote effort. Have you watched him rebound? He rebounds really assertively. I mean, he goes in traffic over guys bigger than him, and he just goes and takes the damn ball. And 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 he's really taken great pride in his rebounding. He had seven rebounds in this game. That's I mean, he's been very good at that. That is not my argument. My arguments with him are he doesn't really have a great sense of the anatomy of the game. He sometimes comes down, and I almost feel like he's got an, like an egg timer in his head. And it goes ding, and he means, oh, time for me to take a shot. Yeah, and you go, you like, mentioned well, that. not really the time for that, Trey. No, no, no. My egg timer said it is, <laughs> so here I go. And he makes some of the dumbest defensive decisions that almost every game there's one. That I mean, I would never do this to the kid, but if I put them all together in a reel at the end of the year, he would just be curled up in a corner in a fetal position crying because it looks so bad. He does. There was one in the second half. Louisville's down. I get it. And he's trying to be a good rebounder. But Which he may, has been pulling down. No, I just, were you yeah. listening? You were no, listening. I know. You're on your phone. I just, no, I, I know you it. mentioned it, but it, I mean, I, because I looked at it. There's a new show, too, called uh, Blue Lights. I don't know if you heard about that. Blue Lights, yeah. you say? Yeah. There was a no, show. he's averaging like six a year. No, he's, like, he's like six a, a year? Or six, six, uh, six I a average game. six a year. I think he's, I could be wrong. I think he's second on the team in rebounds. No, he's good. Yeah, I get credit for that. And he can score, and they've used him. Kenny and the staff have isolated him. They do a lot of NBA ISO stuff. They isolate him, and he's really good because of his size. He backs you down to the block and he scores. They obviously teach that. So uh, he does a good job there, just as we've seen some other guys be put in that situation. So they're teaching that, and he does that very well. But on this particular play, they took a shot. The rebound came out. Remember, I think with this lineup, with Ty Law had been out of the game because he had just tripped the guy. And so means Trey's the de facto. Ian Mike are kind of the de facto point guards. And they've got to be sure they've got defensive balance. 
Well, this particular player, Mike might have even shot it, I don't know. But he, there's, his tray is kind of in the middle of the floor, which is your responsibility to kind of be sure that somebody's back. Shot comes out. It's not a super long rebound. It doesn't go like to the top of the key, but it goes almost out to the foul line. And pretty early on, you could see that they're going to get it. And instead of conceding, okay, they got it. Now let me get back and cover. He goes and he makes this ridiculously foolish, half-hearted, two-handed move to the ball. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. And uh, the guy just throws it around it without any problem. And now they've got it's the jailbreak fast break where they got right. everybody in the country running and there's one poor guy in the back sobbing and they score and I'm like you can't do that you got to have a sense of some defensive mindset and he just does not and I don't know how much you can learn it but he's he does not have that he's trying harder defensively in the individual and especially on the ball he's not terrible on the if the guy's just dribbling on the ball it's right the minute they use this new thing called a fake that seems to drive him out of his mind and and it's just it's tough it's uh, it's tough but don't don't sound foolish and say there's no effort. Brandon Hundley Hatfield's playing his ass off. Mike James is playing his ass off. I mean Tyler is going to be a player. I love that look. You know what he reminds me of. And I hope this doesn't come. But somebody will somehow turn this into an offensive thing. You know our two dogs. He reminds me of Cyclone. Mm, yeah. Cyclone is the most energetic, and he's running, and he gets toys, and he go find a toy, and he'll grab it, and you, you'll try to he'll take it away from you, and he just right. he's going a million miles an hour, and he's just that's how Tyler plays, and and he's good, he's he plays like a little Cyclone. He does, he so really does. What I'm hearing is Tyler is a dog. Yeah, that's it. He's I, got that dog. How in dare him. you refer to players as dogs? No, what do you no, think no, you no are? having that dog in you. Is no, no, that's thing. not what you said. You called him a dog. Uh, you think he's a dog, Bob? I got Peter on the phone. We got to stop this conversation. Yeah, they're gonna get mad. Pete is gonna get mad. People oh, Peter. Peter. I thought he said Pete. I was like, is that another guest I don't know about? Who the hell do we have today? <laughs> yeah, we got, we got a Pete Sampras joins us today for no apparent reason. Hi, Peter. How are you? You were really good at tennis. Yes, I was, Bob. Okay, thanks very much. We were. Th- there's something. Uh, I'll tell you off the air. But uh, we do have Ooh. a loaded show today. C.L. Brown's joining us. Is he loaded? I, oh. What? That would be a fun show. A loaded show where only the guests are very rich or very drunk. <laughs> the whole show. Standing us now is, uh, I don't know, one of the members of the Hilton family. Nice to have you with us. Paris Hilton joins us right I'm now. I'm both. And then a guy I just met down at uh, Bambi's, and he was on the stool for about seven hours, and he's, hi, Tommy. I'm Bob. That's what I said, You Teddy. can't drink all day if you don't start now. <laughs> it's 5 you, o'clock somewhere. You know the problem with it's people? It's 9 a.m. You know the people, the problem with people who don't drink when they wake up in the morning, that's as good as they're going to feel all day. <laughs> it's an old Joey Lewis line. Um, all right. What have we got? What do we got? C.L. Brown what do you got? coming up next. Then we coming got up next on the, most of these ESPN radio stations. Then we got the Billustrator himself, Jay Billis. I've, what, never, I've never referred to him that way before. What I, is that, that felt weird. Um, at 1.15. Then uh, our friends from uh, Hatfield Media are bringing by uh, our man's Forrest and Brandon to promote the Sip and Swish event at uh, Bellarmine. That'll be at 2. And then Legs, uh, Tim Legler. What is that event you're talking about? Uh, He joins at 2.15. What is the event? Sip and Swish? What is it? It's, uh, It's an event. That you don't I, know a damn thing about. No, I do. I no, just I have to pull it. up the talking points for it. Yeah, because you don't know anything about it. Well, just I give me a second, that. and I, I got oh, no, the you're talking about, points. Oh, you're, talk, you're talking about sip and swish. I thought at first you said sip and wish. No, this is sip and swish. I just and, wanted. And I, it's a fundraiser. It is. I yeah. said it was a fundraiser. It's, it's from the Bellarmine Alumni Association, and I, I believe it's February seventeenth. Hey, that's this Saturday, four thirty to six thirty, and it's the first one they're doing. And what they're going to do is they're going to have a tasting, 
and uh, for bourbon. For bourbon, and I don't know what the swish is. Oh, swish like in your mouth or take shots? Well, it's it's a it's a I think a play on words with basketball. You know, sip and swish, and then yes. You take a sip, you swish it around your mouth, but also you swish it like, you know, basketball shot. My guess is... $100 donation for a special edition Coach Davenport Green River single barrel bottle, plus uh, event entry. Or, or 20 That's 20, you can get in for $25 if you don't want to put yourself in the entry for that other thing. Right. And then all bottles are signed by Coach Davenport and artist Aaron Kaiser. $25 for... Uh, event entry only. They got over 10 distillery booths, wine and beer booths, live music, live podcast taping, and tasting with Chris Blanford, uh, who's like one of the biggest bourbon purchasers in North America. He likes to taste things. And eighth generation master distiller, Jacob Call. Meet Kentucky's own and world-renowned artist, Aaron Kaiser, as well, who designed some of the bottles. Yeah. Tasty um, stuff. Sure. Um... Want to take a break and get CLR? Is, is, is Hatfield the ones who do your hockey stuff? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're helping put it on. Very nice. Yeah. Why are you spinning the microphone away from I'm your bored. mouth? I'm just bored. Well, I mean, I'm not bored with the show. I'm just... I, 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 you're fidgety today. Yes. I need, I need, and I don't want those fidgety things. Isn't it weird? The very things that are designed for knuckleheads like me, I don't want any part of. The fidget cube that yeah, has... Oh, you know, and then they got the thing you pop, too, which yeah. should be bad for radio, because you just the whole background, you hear pop, pop, pop. That would be well, there's times you've chewed gum before, so sure. I mean, what's the difference? Sure. Well, hey, this is for the guy who last week did the whole show by going. Oh, I still do. I did it like three times yeah. yesterday. I, like, I've been. I don't know where that habit. One time started, you actually sucked the windscreen off the whoa, microphone. Hey, oh, put that in the mix tape. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey. Nick was sucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about we take a break and then we'll come back and uh, have CL join us and that see, if, see if he's loved. You made Tom laugh with that sucking line. Yeah, I like Tonga. He's a good audience. ESPN six eighty one zero five seven. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. It's time to replace your heating and air system. We know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. More V-Show with Bob Valvano is now, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. See, this is what's cool about our next guest. Like, he's C.L. Brown. I had C.L.L., which is a form of leukemia. And uh, so. I had C.L.L., and I needed uh, chemotherapy and to go to the hospital. You get C.L. Brown on, you can just talk to him, and then he just goes on his merry way. You don't need any medication, no prescription. Are you calling CL? No, I'm saying it's why he's one, of, one of the many reasons like, he's what better. The hell? No, and he joins us right now. CL, thank you for coming on and not requiring chemotherapy. <laughs> I try my best. <laughs> that, I promise you, I you may you may be in the business another thirty years. You will never be introduced like that again. That's the first one, that, uh, first and last, and first that's, and only time. That's why I like being on your show. Yeah, that's why we like having you. Um, so. What do you take away? Uh, you know, I said half tongue in cheek that the 
please Kenny go away group was really sweating mightily the first half of that BC game because they looked pretty good again and they were winning and and then it all turned around in their favor and they were happy in the second half. So uh, I don't know that any one game would have made you know completely tip the scales, but if they could have finished it out like they played the first half, you'd have been hard pressed not to at least acknowledge that they've come a, a long way. But in the second half, they went back to being the Jekyll and Hyde, and I don't know which is the bad one in that pairing, but that's what they were. So um, what did you what did you take away from that, and what are the ramifications if you want to call them that? Well, I mean, you you could look at it whichever from whichever prism you're viewing Kenny Payne's tenure. If you're positive about it, you could look at it as it's a road game. They were shorthanded again with Sky Clark being out. They played a great first half. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. that would be the positive way. The negative way is, once again, you're having defensive collapses, essentially, allowing teams to shoot such a high percentage. And, you know, new team, new progress, same as the old team, no progress. You, you could look at it either way you want to. Um, I, I still think, you know, um, I don't think there's any way to kind of change which, whatever perception you have of, of Kenny Payne unless they go into Duke and win. Then, then that would probably change a lot of things. But, you know, um, well, I shouldn't even say a lot of things. That, that might change some things. But then if you come back home and lose to Syracuse, then it would be the same thing, right? So, you know, I think we just kind of are where we are with, with Kenny Payne's tenure. Um. What did you uh, – kind of bouncing back and forth, but only because I wanted to make sure I get this in, and inevitably we start talking and I forget, and then I say goodbye and I say, oh, I didn't even ask him about that. You know, you and I are not really spending a lot of time covering women's basketball, but what did you make of the whole – and what is it about Louisville going to Syracuse where the game can't end without some sort of a bizarre referee's decision? <laughs> but, I mean, that Jeff Walls thing, that was – and I know they fined him, and I understand why they did, but uh, he, I, I don't blame him. I think I'd have done the same thing. You can't keep quiet on something like that. That's – Bizarro land. No, What'd you take away? It it, it really was. I, I mean, from a veteran official, like I just, <laughs> I just don't understand how how she thought that was the right call to make in that situation. And, and it's probably well, it's not probably. It's it's a call she's never made before in that situation, right? So. What was so egregious right. about the way Olivia Cochran reached over to foul that made that made her think, "Oh my God, this is an intentional foul." You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, Jeff and I don't know. I haven't asked Jeff about it. I don't know if there's a back history with with Carla. Uh, I think it's Carla Fountain was the name of the official. Mm. I, you know, which which certainly could come into play because officials are human too, and if they have some kind of contentious relationship then yeah certainly maybe that factored in but i don't know that to be a fact so again i'm still baffled as everyone else who watched that play as to why that would be called but kudos to jeff for for you know a accepting the fine because i don't care how much well right uh, unless you're Elon Musk i don't care how much money you make 20,000 20,000 right but um you know, for for just standing up and and fighting for for what's fair, and uh, obviously what the NCAA came out and, and the officials, the uh, head of officials came out and put out that statement that basically vindicates 
what Jeff did. Yeah, said. Well, I agree. You know, you, I, I'm not saying this to blow smoke at you, but you're the, I don't know, maybe I'm, with all the words that have been uh, uh, you know, written and said about this, somebody else might have said it, but you're the first person I've heard say it, and your point is well taken. I've heard other people bring up, you know, was there a vendetta somehow between Jeff and this official? And I don't know there was, but I'm saying other people brought that up. But you make an interesting point, and I've said this. Too, you know, with all the data that they have, they know now the officials' traits and what they do, and it wouldn't excuse it in my mind. But you're right. If this woman who has been officiating has made that call in every other game that she's been in, or you know, every other situation that's arisen, you might have to shake your head and say, "I don't agree with the way she interprets the call." But it's like going into a baseball game as a pitcher and knowing that you know this guy calls the low strike. You know, that's what he does. You know, he calls a ball that's lower on the, in the strike zone or even outside the strike zone than the other umpires do, and you've got to play to that. If that were the case, then you might take Jeff to task and say, hey, you got to educate your kids. That's what she's going to call. But I don't. I never heard anybody else bring that up. So to me, it's just a one-off, bizarro situation that arguably costs Louisville the game. I mean, they might not have won anyway, but they certainly their chances were taken all but taken away with that play. So, yeah, I don't, uh, you know, that's that's an interesting point. And um, now they do have those things. You know, you see, I see in team scouting reports sometimes, not all the time, but I do see the teams, with the, the whoever's got the scout will bring up who the officials are going to be and what that might mean in terms of how the game is called. And, uh, yeah, that's that's a good point you brought up. And I it do. matters. Yeah, yeah, it does it, matter. It, it really does. It matters. Whether an official is going to let you play physically or, you know, call every touch foul, like that that matters. And I'm generally of the belief that I, I, I don't like I don't like to criticize officials. You know, I like to, to, to bend in the same kind of human error as you do for the teams and players, right? Because they're, they're not going to get every call right. That's a given. But for for the little things like that, <laughs> something simple. Yeah, you know, um, I agree. You know, her view wasn't obstructed. Like this wasn't. This <laughs> right. wasn't. You know, there, there isn't an excuse to make for her in that kind of situation. So I, I do think everything was warranted in terms of of calling out calling out that official. And and I brought this out shameless plug again for my podcast. I brought this up on a podcast that. Officials should have to answer. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, we get, we I, have pool reporters, you know, uh, during tournament time in, in college basketball. Um, and I don't think they need to do a post-game press conference after every game or anything like that. But there's no harm in having a pool reporter situated for every game. And in the event of, of a call like that, somebody needs to say, well, this is what I saw and this is why I called it. Now, you still be mad on both sides or whatever, probably, or, or at least one side, whoever the call went against. But at least we would know, okay, this is this is what was going through that person's head. No, I agree. Like, that's what I've said about even the, the men's game up there. You know, have them say, we called it goaltending because we thought it hit the backboard or we thought the ball was on the way down. You can disagree and say, well, I, the video doesn't support that. Okay, whatever. But you asked your question, you got your answer. But we have no way of knowing why the hell they called goaltending because they, they don't answer the question. Did they think it was off the backboard? Did they think it was on the way down? And in this case, would the woman have have said, well, you know, my interpretation of the intentional foul is you make it a play, you know, that's clearly not a basketball play, and your intent is to foul, so I called it. And you might say yes, but at the end of game, every, like Jeff said, every foul's an intentional yeah. foul. It's a strategy. Yeah. The problem is, you know, see how somebody brought this up. They, they need to change the term. It should not be intentional foul. It should be strategic foul. 
because when you say intentional foul, you're exactly right. It is intentional. That was yeah. the her intent. Her intent was to foul, but that's not why. Yeah. As the NCA sent out, that was not why the rule was put in. And so you're, you're. But but also with that though, like we've seen the spirit of the rule, you know, rightfully um, officiated right. in a thousands of games. True. Right. So why was this the one instance where all of a sudden it's so technical? <laughs> letter of the law. Oh, that was intentional. You I, know, I think so. it's I, personally. I think it's because the officials woke, but that's just me. I think she's a woke official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I think it is. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's interesting though because the NBA, you know, doesn't get celebrated as much as the NFL for getting a lot of things right. But they do in some cases, and one is, you know, they have that clear path rule. They don't call it an intentional foul; they call it a clear path rule, which makes sense that you're. Foul is yeah. preventing that guy from going in for an uncontested shot. So, you know, that's uh, – I think phraseology becomes very important. Um, but, you know, the, the question about that, though, before we get off this topic is, you know, the NBA has that – do they still have it? I think they do. That website where they review, like, the ends of games and then they put up what the review of all the calls the officials made. Were they right or were they wrong? I don't know if that's helped. I think that only undermines them. I and mean, we, we get that they're going to miss some calls, but do you have to put it on a website? Website. It's like you know, CL yesterday used the wrong adjective in writing his. Uh, you know, that's I don't know. That's kind of. Uh, does that really help? Do you think? I don't know if it helps, but um, I don't know. I don't think it hurts. Like I, okay. I do think that uh, allowing people to to see, you know, kind of the behind the curtains peek of what goes into this, these decisions and what was going through an official's head. I think ultimately it'll help. Now it won't satisfy you if you had money on that game or whatever right and you're on the wrong end of the call but at least it does give kind of a peek behind the process i i, I which i think is is healthy and i think it's also healthy to be like we got it wrong like All right, that's true you know, that is I mean, true it's a text has sent this in. I don't know. Again, we're just talking about opinions here. There's no you and I can't trot out uh, uh, some sort of data or anything. To, but but the texter says, I believe sexism is actually still a very strong thing in women's basketball. Muffet McGraw has outright said she would not hire a man on her staff. Is the if the roles were reversed, would that be a lawsuit? Well, I'm not even talking about that. But a women women, you know, they're going to be more women refereeing in, in men's games. There's a woman who's going to spring training, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. Who's going to be umpiring ostensibly in the major leagues this year or some, sometime soon? And I, I, you know, I've watched them, and I think they do as well as a lot of their male counterparts. I'm not saying that I've seen one where I go, boy, that's the best official I've ever seen. But they they more than hold their own. But do you think subconsciously there is some of that? I, I always like you. I don't try. I try not to read too much into officials. I think they get stuff wrong sometimes, and I think they make mistakes. Some of them are egregious mistakes. But I don't think there's all this subterfuge going on there between officials. I think it would be really hard to to just keep yeah. keep doing your job that way. What do you think? I, I'd like to believe there's not. I, but, you know, I, I, there's there's no way in, in knowing. Um, I, I To me, that's going a little bit too far <laughs> off the path yeah, here. Exactly. Uh, I, I think it's more relevant as to what kind of history directly, you know, Carla Fountain and Jeff Walls have had throughout the course of her calling games. You know what I mean? Calling UofL games specifically. I, I think that would matter more if there was some kind of, you know, history than it being a blanket 
uh, some kind of issue of sexism. Mm. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't know, Bob. You asking me? That's that's out of my realm <laughs> to try and figure that out. All right, fair enough. Good, 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 uh, good transition into our last, much more sports related question rather than sociology or psychology or whatever that would be. Um, the uh, last games Louisville's got their schedule definitely was front loaded. We know that. Um, yeah. You think they have a chance in some, if not all, of these games? What What do you think they do down the stretch here? Do they maintain the level Level that they were playing long enough and they win some games or was that you know I played on a very bad high school team that only won we played far fewer games then than they do now we only played like 16 games but we only won like five but the oddity is we won four of them within a two and a half week window <laughs> I don't know how that happens but, oh, wow. but we did so I mean do you Y'all think got hot. we did we got hot and it came and went like a radio station you know, just on the fringe of you know it was it was clear and then it wasn't clear again so what what do you make did they just just get hot and they're they're going to go you know backwards again or how do you see it uh, this team has been so hard to kind of gauge because you know times where i thought okay this is where the the breakdown happens and they pack it in and you know the effort is gone and then they win at miami you know what i mean like, yep, it, it's yep. kind of been like when it seems like you know, even games that they've lost, like the home game at Duke, they really competed in. Mm-hmm. And getting down early at Clemson and coming back, like they they've shown a lot of fight. They've shown a lot of of, of effort. Um, and I think having four of these games at home, you know, could make a big difference. Um, the flip side is, though, just kind of depending on what the atmosphere is like here. Because earlier on in the year, I felt like. They were better away from Louisville, whether it's neutral court or true road games. Just, just kind of getting out of uh, of whatever negativity surrounded. You know, should Kenny Payne be the coach? You know, um, so uh, it, having three, having four home games, closing out with three straight home games, um, I think could be beneficial and could give him a boost. I certainly felt like the Georgia Tech game. To me, that crowd was as maybe the best of the year. Yeah, I thought so too. You know, as good as any. Yeah, and and kind of giving them the support and and helping as much as the crowd can, helping to lift them, you know, um, during the closing stretch of that game. So, you know, I mean, maybe we see them close out strong. Some of it too is just going to have, (laughs) they're going to need a little bit of luck, man. They haven't had much luck with injuries and everything. You know, hopefully Scott Clark is okay and able to come back. And, and finish out strong, but um, the the depth or lack of depth at this point, with all the attrition they've had, is certainly going to be a factor. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm not exactly answering your question of a prediction. No, you but, can't. Nobody you know, could. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're, they're these are winnable games. Though I, I will say that there are winnable games outside of I really don't see them winning in Cameron Indoor Stadium. True. But, um, you know, the, the rest of these are, are winnable games, I feel like. Talking to C.L. Brown, your hair doesn't fall out. That's awesome, unlike the CLL treatment. That's uh, so another advantage to having C.L. on your show over chemotherapy. We'll do a standalone table, the advantage of C.L. versus chemotherapy. <laughs> or CLL. <laughs> Yeah, we lose our minds here on occasion, my friend. But thank you for taking the time to indulge us. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you down the road soon. Take care of yourself. Okay, appreciate you, Bob. All right. See you. He's a nice man. He lets me have fun.
which we do. All right, Tonga, let's go to break. We'll come back. And more to come here on ESPN 680 1057.